But what we are looking at today in the book of uh, Joshua chapter 9, um, Stephanie read the story really well so that the children could understand it. So, Kate, my first question. Um, where did the, what did the Gibeonites do uh, when they got to Joshua? What were they trying to tell Israel? Did you, could you, did you, who followed it? Any of the children? Yes. Good girl. Brilliant girl. Clap for her. Thank you. Well done. Well done. So you were listening. Good girl. She was listening. They told uh, Joshua that they had come from very far away. Kids, did they really come from very far away? No, they didn't, did they? So what did they do? They lied. And so, as we look at Joshua chapter 9 today, uh, we are looking at a story of people who, carried, who were deceptive, who were manipulative, and who were liars. And we're going to see what God will speak to us through this message. So children, I want you to listen. Now, there are some words that were used in the story and I just want to uh, clarify so the children understand them. So they said about them being a ruse, which means they took an action intended to deceive someone. So the Gibeonites tried to deceive uh, the Israelites. or They tried to play a trick to make them to say they were somebody that they were not. Uh, like, for example, they lied that they had come from afar, when whereas they lived around the corner. So... Um, because of my little girl, what's your name, please? Zoe, brilliant Zoe. I take it that the children understood the reading of the passage because Zoe could answer that question. My intention was to demonstrate the story, but I'm not going to go into that because I'm sure um, if Zoe could, rem- could remember it, then I'm sure the rest of you do. Am I right, children? Yeah? Good. All right, so you get your pens and your papers. And what you're going to do for me is you're going to listen as I'm talking this morning. And all through my message, I'm going to ask you a question. And anybody who gets it right, you go to Stephanie for a sweet. That work? Yeah? All right. Let's go. Okay. So the children of Israel um, had just um, won the war with Jericho. They defeated Ai. They defeated Jericho. And now, uh, the the kings in all of the south, south region... Uh, gathered together and decided that they wanted to attack Israel because they had seen all the things that God had done through Israel. And they thought to themselves, there's no way we can beat these people unless we gather ourselves together. So they joined together and they decided that they were going to attack Israel. So can you imagine how Israel felt? They had just had this great victory. The wall of Jericho had fallen. God had done all these great things. And before they can even fix it down to enjoy what had happened, People want to start attacking them again. I want you to think about our child of God. You know, many times in life, we have all these victories. We're excited. And the next thing, Satan comes and another thing. Oh, and that problem starts. And you're like, can I not rest? Can I have some peace? And this is what happened with the children of Israel. So where they were gallivanting and doing that, on the other hand, we had this other group of people called the Gibeonites. Now, the Gibeonites were part of the Canaanites. And God had told uh, Israel, that they were supposed to wipe out the Canaanites. So there was no way they should be relating to people like that. But the Gibeonites had heard of the fame of what God had done in the wall of Jericho falling and Ai. And so they decided to play a trick. 
what they are going to do is to deceive the children of Israel so they could be part of them and live among them, which was against the law of God for them to do that. And so these guys obviously looked for very tore some clothes, wore some worn clothes, their shoes that were filthy, they took moldy bread with them, they made their house look very dirty. And when they got to um, Israel, they said they had come because they had heard of the fame of their God. So the first thing I want you to see here in their deception, in the tricks that they played, in their pretense, was that they first of all used what? Flattery words. They started by saying, we have heard about the fame of this, your God who did this and that. And those flattery words caught the people's attention. And then they said to them, look, we have come from afar. They brought evidence to say, look, we have come from afar. See our food that we had. The bread is moldy now because we've been traveling for days. Look at our shoes. It's all torn. Our clothes are all worn because we've been traveling for a long time. And now, look, we are tired, but we've come. We want to be part of you. Will you take us in? And Joshua listened to them. The people of Israel listened to everything they said. And guess what? They also went to check the bag to see the things they said they brought. And when they looked at them, they said, oh, definitely, these guys must have come from afar. Oh, let's help them. We are Christians. We need to be kind. We need to be helpful. If people have come like this and they want our help, we give them help, shouldn't we? As Christians, this is what we do. And so Joshua and his people decided to accept the Gibeonites. <laughs> they accepted the Gibeonites. They were fooled by the flattery words that they were told. They were fooled by the evidence that they showed them and they believed that they had actually come from afar. But as we will see later in that chapter, they actually lived next door and were actually part of the Canaanites. I want to ask you, child of God, how many times have people tried to trick you deceive you, use flattering words to catch your attention, and you do what they say. You are moved by what you see, just like the children of Israel were. They, the Bible says they did not listen to the counsel of God. They just went ahead and believed what they were told because these people looked like they needed help. So the first thing I want us to see, then I want you to notice about the deception of this, the, the, the Gibeonites was that they used very flattering words that were very convincing. Now, in your life, how much trouble would you find yourself if you yourself allow someone to deceive you by the things they say, the things they show you, and the stories they tell? I don't know about you, but I have come many, across many in my time. And they come and they tell you all these elaborate stories about how they did this and that. And that's because they want something from you or they want you to do something with them that is not right. So children, listen to me. Many children in your class, they are going to come and tell you all kinds of things and say, let's do this. Let's, let's make noise and disturb the teacher when she comes in. They are trying to trick you. They try to deceive you. They try to manipulate you. They use flattering words and say, if you don't do that, you won't be my friend. And maybe that person is the, um, 
biggest or best student in the class or the leader, the gang leader that everybody looks up to in school. So you want to be their friend. And they say to you, before you can be my friend, look, this is what I want us to do. Something naughty. And because you want to be their friend, you agree to do what they've asked you to do. They've deceived you. They've told you a lie. Joshua did not listen to God. The children of Israel did not consult with God. They did not consult with God. They just believed what they heard. Today, I want us to think about they did not have the spirit of discernment. And this is my major message this morning. The spirit of discernment. When things come your way, child of God, whoever it is, whatever someone is telling you, whatever Satan uses somebody else to present to you, are you taking time to seek the counsel of God before you make a decision? Or are you making a decision based on the evidence, based on the story, based on the flattery words that they have given to you? Remember that people can deceive you The appearance might look right, but it's far from what God wants. The Bible tells us that Satan comes as as, as a light, as angel of light. That's it. Satan comes and reveals himself as what? As an angel of light. And that's how people will come into your life and deceive you and take you away from what God is calling you to do. You know, when I was meditating on this message, I looked at it. This was Joshua. Joshua who loved God. Joshua who, in Joshua chapter 1, the Bible says, walk before me. Be courageous. Spend time on the word. Meditate on the word. But this same Joshua did not consult God this time. And he ended up bringing into the camp people that God had said, you should not live among the Israelites. Think about that this morning. The Israelites did not seek the counsel of God. They trusted their senses. They walked by sight and not by faith. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. Don't be carried away by everything people tell you. As soon as you see it, out of pity, out of self-pity, You shit and say, oh yes, let me help. Let me do this, let me do that. You haven't begun to search your spirit. The first thing you do as a child of God is listen inside there. Let's look at Mark 13, verse 5 to 6. Mark 13, verse 5 to 6. Jesus said to them, watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he, and will deceive many. Jesus said what? Watch out, because many will call in his name. And people will come in the name of Jesus. They will come and give you stories. They will come and tell you all kinds of things in your lifestyle, at your place of work. Um, Even with your family. Your family members can be used by the enemy to come and tell you stories just to get you to do something that is wrong, that is not right, that is not in your own interest. But because you haven't sought the counsel of God, you've fallen for it. 
us look at another verse of scripture. It says in Romans 16 verse 8. For such people are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. So people around you will deceive you. Men will deceive you. Women will deceive you with their flattery words. If you are naive and you are not allowing yourself to listen to the counsel of God in your day-to-day living. I want us to understand today that we can help ourselves not to be deceived when we hear things from from people and how to discern. Um, The church today, I find out that the gift of the spirit, the gift of discerning of the spirit is not talked about a lot. Is not commonly used. Is not commonly acted upon. And we as children of God have to, as in this world where we have Satan that is after our lives, Satan that is trying to take us away from where God is calling us to. I mean, God has this for us. We get here and we think we are cool. Whereas where God is taking us is right there. But Satan is going to try and stop you. He's going to try and stop you for fulfilling the full potential that God has for you. And he will do it by what? Deception. He will do it by what? Deception. We need, in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, Corinthians, Paul was saying to the church that we should walk with the discerning of spirit. Discerning of spirit. Discern all spirit, it says to the church. Because false prophets will move into our household. False prophets will move among the church. And false prophets in different areas of your life will come in your way. If you are a businessman, if you are a child at school, whoever you are, there are people that will come to try and deceive you to walk in a way that is not according to the will of God. And we have to have the spirit of discernment and walk in the spirit of discernment. How can we bring God into things that are facing us. When we have something that comes before us, that we are not sure whether it's right. You listen to that story and it sounds too good to be true. What, how do we then make sure we get God on our side so we know what to do? In Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 7 it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be unwise in your ways. You see, this is one of my favorite ways of thinking about God in, in how I live my Christian life. Do not be unwise. See, a lot of some of us as Christians, we, we act in sentiments. It's not about walking in sentiments. It's about walking by the word of God. Allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us when we make decisions. In every area and facet of our lives. Many of us are missing reaching where God has called us to. Because we are not walking in descending of spirit. Do not be unwise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Look, when it comes to the wiles of the devil and the enemy, none of us are up to the task. None of us are up to the task. But what we have, we need the word of God 
We need to commune, close communion with God for us to have what? The descending of spirit, to walk in that gifting. That's a gifting you need. Um, you want to get married. You want to uh, go to a, a particular university. You want to attain this degree. You want to do this business. What decisions are you taking? How are you taking decisions? Are you seeking the counsel of God? Or are you going to every Tom, Dick, and Harry to give you advice? And then on the basis of that, you agree and decide, okay, I'm going to do this. And that's how people miss their way in life and miss the path that God has called them to because they have not learned to listen to the counsel of God. So, the only way we are going to get to a place where we can discern that the Spirit of God is leading us and making the right decisions when things come our way is when we have spent time in God's Word and we are in close communion with Him. One of the gifts, uh, as I said that before, but it, it, it comes to a point where through communion with God and through time in prayer, and many of us don't go to prayer meeting, through time in prayer, and communion with God, you begin to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. In the book of John, he says, I will not hear the voice of a stranger. I will only hear the voice of his Spirit as he says, go this way and I go. In the book of Psalms, God says that I will guide you and instruct you in the way that you should go. How many of us are yielded to the Spirit of God to hear? And when we hear, do we do? Many of us are defeated due to the lack of prayer and the lack of discernment. Satan comes as an angel of light. The tears look exactly the same as the wheat. The voice of the hurling sounds similar to the voice of the shepherd. Satan wants to bring about alliances in our work that cause us to be hindered. He can't stop you completely from being a Christian because you're a Christian already. So what he's going to try and do is to hinder you fulfilling all that God has called you to. He's going to cut you short in your work with God if you do not learn to listen to the counsel of God and walk in the spirit of discernment. We have to be very careful in making alliances with people or walk, uh, or our work will be hindered. Look, some of these decisions we make sometimes, they are covenants that we make that later turn out to be disastrous. When we refuse to follow the counsel of God, we, there are covenants we then make that become disastrous. And as an example of what happened, you know Joshua, had to, Joshua and the elders of Israel now made an oath with the Gibeonites. They made it oath to the Gibeonites because they believed that, oh, what they told them was true. And you see, once they made that oath, they now said to them, live among us. And so the Gibeonites lived among them. And the people of Israel found out that these people were liars, that they actually lived around the corner. And they began to cry out to the leaders of Israel and say, what is going on? Why are they among us? God said this kind of people should be, shouldn't be among us. And then... Joshua was upset. He had to call the Gibbonites to a meeting and say, why did you deceive us? Why did you lie? And obviously their excuse was, oh, we heard about your God and all that he did and we felt that you were going to kill us next. So rather than you kill us, 
We want to be your servants. Make us your servants. So, but already, he had made the oath before he even found out the truth. So Joshua was upset with them. As Stephanie read, read in that passage later. He said, okay, because you've lied and deceived us, there's nothing we can do. We have made the oath. We can't break the oath. If you break the oath, that's a problem. Uh, the book in Samuel, in the book of uh, uh, Samuel, uh, in, um, in David's time, that's what Saul did. Saul actually broke this covenant that um, Joshua did, made with the Gibeonites. And for three years, there was famine in the land of Israel because he, um, Saul decided to bridge, break this oath that was made by Joshua. So they couldn't change it. And Joshua knew that. And the elders knew that. They had made this covenant, this oath. They couldn't change it. So they were angry. And all they could do was say, okay, we're going to make you slaves. And you will be the ones to be woodcutters and people that will serve in the house and the temple. Well, the Gibeonites were excited. They said, yes, great. We don't care. As long as we're here, we won't be killed. <laughs> they were excited. They were excited. They want to worship the Lord. They didn't care. As long as they knew they would not be killed. But you see, what jo as Stephanie read in that passage, to till today, that's the job that the Gibeonites do, uh, are doing. So sometimes, as I was saying earlier on, these kind of decisions we make, they are covenants that may later turn out to be disastrous. And it may take many years for some people to recover from some of these decisions. I don't know about you, but I'm sure some, many of us have gone through it in life. We have made decisions that have taken us this way when God was taking us that way. I normally say many of us do a 40-year in the wilderness before we come back to where God wants us to be because we did not listen to the counsel of God. We did not check our spirits and see what God is saying. And those things can be disastrous. You can be in those covenants for years and not be able to come out depressed because of one decision you did not bother to take time to hear from God. Never be too much in a hurry when you're entering into any decision with anyone. A marriage, a business opportunity, we need to seek the counsel of God. Don't deceive yourself and say, oh, the person said this, they said that, ah, it looks really good, and then you go for it. You are a child of God. You have the spirit of discernment inside you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, and give you counsel. So you make the right decisions and the right choices. I, I, I give an example. I, I was very um, strict with my kids as they grew up about education. And so I was always saying to them, they had to go to the best schools. They had to go to the best schools. And I would target uh, Cambridge and Oxford, and that's where you have to go. And so I worked them really hard. I know that, and they know I worked them really hard to get there. But when the time came for universities to be chosen, I sat down with God and I said to him, Lord, for years I've taught these girls that this is what I want them to do. They are prepared for it. They were ready for it because they had been trained for it when they were little. And I said to God, but I want them to go to the university where they will flourish and be all that you've called them to. So irrespective of all that I've said in the past, Father, direct me to choose the right schools for these girls. I tell you, church, for each one of them, 
they went exactly to the right universities. Not the Cambridge and Oxford I wanted them to go to, but the universities where they flourished, and they all did brilliant in their schools. What I mean brilliant, you know many children go to universities and within the first year or year, they run out and say, I can't stay, I can't stay, mom, I can't stay, it's, I'm not comfortable. These girls had a great time. They were all that God called them to be in terms of ministry, in terms of their faith, in terms of their, their academics, all of it. And they used to say when they came back, oh, I thank God that I went to this school. If I had gone to that other one we're talking about, I'm not sure I would have made it. I remember my Sophia in particular said she met some of these children later down the line, now that she works. And she said to me, I thank God that I ended up going where I went. Now, I was quick enough to know in my spirit that, yes, this is what I want. But what does God want for them? And that's what we have to do all the time with every area of our lives. We cannot just make decisions because it feels good. It looks right. We have to allow the Spirit of God lead us and direct us. How do I get the Spirit of discernment? Somebody may ask me this morning. How do I get the Spirit of as I round up? Pray regularly. Seek companionship with the Holy Spirit. How close are you with the Holy Spirit? How much time do you spend with him? Study the scriptures and apply them. Don't just study the scriptures, but apply them. See to it that you obey God's word. Act on the promptings of the Spirit. Exercise your gift in all areas of your life. One of the ways to begin to walk in this kind of the spirit, is spirit of discernment, is that you begin to practice it. When you have a prompting, just act on it. Don't think about it. There are many times I just get a prompting in my spirit and I do it. And this later I'll say, oh, that's why God led me to do it. So when you hear a prompting in your spirit, that's how you begin to practice to learn how to hear when God speaks to you. The Bible talks about a still, small voice. That's where you hear it from. You know, when people are talking to me, I stand. While they are talking, I'm listening to my spirit. What's God saying? So I'm listening to you, but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit too. What's he saying before I'm responding? And that's what God wants us to do as part of our lifestyle. So we don't fall prey of the enemy's tricks. We don't fall prey of the enemy's deceptions. We do not fall prey of the enemy's lies. Be obedient. Live a life that is based on God's word daily, on a daily basis, so that you can familiarize yourself with a still, small voice. How do I know what is the still, small voice? All right, children, I've talked too long, so I'm coming to you. Now tell me, what did the Gibeonites do to show when they wanted to deceive uh, Israel? Who could tell me some of the things they had to deceive them? Yes, uh, Alicia and Gabriella. They had moldy rags. Well done. Yes, Zoe. They had split sandals. Well done. Yes, my darling. They had warm clothes. That's correct. Somebody said that already, but I'll give you a sweet. Anybody else? Any of the other children remember? Okay, let's go to another question. Okay. Let's go to another question for the kids. I just want to make sure that the children have also followed what we are talking about today. Okay? Now, children, how do we make sure... That when somebody tries to deceive us, we don't get carried away with that. What should we do? Yes, my darling. 
Say that again, darling. You are a brilliant kid. I love you to bits. You ask God. You ask God. Counsel. We ask God first. So children, in school, when those friends of yours try to deceive you, or young youth people, youths, see your friends come and tell you, let's go to that party. I'm only taking you to a friend's party. I remember a girl I heard a story of. And then when they got there, they didn't take her there. They took her somewhere else. And they ended up raping, five boys ended up raping her. They destroyed her life forever. Don't allow anyone to mislead you with deception. Go to God. You are a child of God. Go to God. And then go to mom and dad. What did I say, children? Go to mom and dad if you're not sure. Okay? So, I'm trying to talk to the children at the same time as as adults. So bear with me. (laughs) But I'm going to round up now. I think in my heart as I prayed and prepared, the major thing God dropped in my spirit for the church today is walking in the spirit of discernment. And learning to seek the counsel of God as we make choices and we make decisions. So that we all attain to our destiny in him. As I round up this morning, you see the Gibeonites didn't mind being woodcutters. They didn't mind being servants in the house of the Lord. As a matter of fact, according to the scriptures, just like Rahab, they now became part of Israel. So they were excited to do the work. They loved serving God wherever God had called them in terms of that. They saw it as a, as a, as a privilege. So they, they, they were excited and did it happily. And so they came into the fold of, of, of God's people. They, so they were, they were blessed if, if, either way. And, and that's the amazing thing about God. He doesn't think like us. Even though they had lied and they had deceived Israel, God didn't, God didn't throw them away. They were, they were slaves, but they were happy what they were doing. And and that's how this, this, this story ends. Um, and therefore, each one of us, where, where is our place in this kingdom? Where is the, our place that God has put us? Are we excited about what we are doing or what we are not doing? But I want us to, 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 to reflect this morning on what I've shared so far. How do I know this is the right decision to take? As I was praying this morning and coming to church, and I'm going to pray right now as, we, as the worship team come up. God has spoken to certain things to you. Or different people have come. So there are two things. That you don't allow yourself to be deceived. And you yourself should not be a deceiver. So you are not carrying, telling someone tricks and deception because you want to get something from them. Neither are you allowing yourself to be deceived and be tricked and not listening to the voice of God. And as I was praying this morning, and when we were praying earlier in the service, Sister Florence actually cover some points so that just kind of confirm what God is in my spirit. Some of us are troubled and confused on some decisions we need to make. I want us to pray this morning that God will give you counsel and God will give you direction so you can know what is, you can hear his voice as he leads you on what decision you need to make. In that confusion, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes and open your ears to know what to do. And if it's somewhere you need to go, he will order your steps and direct you on where to go. And that you will hear his voice this morning. So I'm just going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your word that is yea and amen. You said that you have given us the spirit of discernment. 
that we may know your voice. Jesus, you said, my sheep hear my voice. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every person seated here under your feet hears your voice. They will not hear the voice of a stranger. They will not miss their way. None of us will miss our way in the name of Jesus. Every thought that lifts itself against the obedience of God, we bring it down in the name of Jesus. We cast such thoughts. We bring those thoughts into captivity in the name of Jesus. I declare that every mind will be open to hear you. Every heart will be open to hear you. Each one of us will walk in the place that you have called us to in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as you come right now and bring release, bring deliverance, bring healing where it's needed right now as we yield ourselves to you and open ourselves to you, allowing your spirit to speak to us. What is that condition? Let God show you how to manage it and how to deal with it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. And church said, Amen.